opinions expressed on this webmasterradio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of webmasterradio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong. As she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan, and it's great to be with you today. I'm so glad you could join me. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday right here at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, first up, a little while ago, I was reading an article from 24-7 Wall Street. It was an analysis of the top 12 brands that are likely to disappear. And I found a list really, really interesting. A lot of these brands have been around for a really long time. In fact, they're household names. You're going to know them when I list them um, here for you in just a moment. Uh, 24-7 Wall Street actually took a look at the 100 large brands it believes that are in trouble and looked at it from uh, public financial records, sales information, analysis from industry experts, the competitive landscape in each industry, and the likelihood that the brand could actually be sold off just in case the parent company uh, was in financial trouble. So the 12 brands that kind of came to the top of the list, if you want to call it the top of the list, are budget rental cars, which I thought was interesting. Um, Both Avis and budget brands um, are are still going to be operated, but there are debt problems apparently according to 24-7 Wall Street. And, of course, we all know that people aren't traveling as much Absolutely not. Um, just for fun, definitely for business. Borders Books, uh, apparently declining sales and some heavy losses. And, of course, you've got the competitors out there like Amazon, which is huge, and then Barnes & Noble. And then there's the Kindle, you know, the e-book readers, which um, we all know how very popular those are. Well, apparently that's, that's causing some pressure on Borders. Crocs footwear, according to 24-7 Wall Street. Um, we know that was all the rage back in 2007, what two years can do, I suppose, but apparently uh, because of what's going on in the economic um, uh, environment, uh, consumers are uh, choosing not to purchase them. Saturn. Now, we know GM's having some problems. We know Ford's having some problems. Uh, but GM, you know, um, because of its impact, uh, they're saying that Saturn could kind of be one of the victims as GM is in bankruptcy. Um, Esquire magazine uh, had apparently, according to 24-7 Wall Street, seen its ad revenues decline. Old Navy, um, parent company Gap, uh, which right now markets under the Gap, Old Navy, and Banana Republic brands, um, really can't be sustained, according to 24-7 Wall Street. So Old Navy looks like it might be in trouble. 
Architectural Digest magazine. Now, I've talked a lot on this um, this radio show about the number of magazines that have shut down, the number of even major daily print magazines or daily print newspapers that have shut down as well has been ra- fairly rampant. Well, according to 24-7 Wall Street, parent company Condé Nast may not be able to sustain the brand. Chrysler, we know what's going on there. Uh, United Airlines was number 12. I thought that was interesting. Again, it's the travel industry facing um, such um, hard hit because of the recession. We know AIG and its problems. Uh, Palm is apparently getting a lot of uh, competition out there from RIM and Apple. And then Eddie Bauer uh, came in at number nine, and um, its stock price is in, in major trouble. So 24-7 Wall Street says it could be out of business by mid-2009. So some brands out there that, um, you know, the going's been tough. Uh, clearly there's a lot of companies in trouble. Um, we've, we've heard about it on the news. Uh, we see it almost on a daily basis. Um, that's 24-7 Wall Street's top 12 of brands that may not be here this time next year. Well, ironically, our first profile today is the Kate Spade shopper because if maybe if we were out there doing a little bit more shopping, some of these brands may not be in such trouble. This is a woman about 35 years old, um, average of three kids in the home, married, household income of about $60,000 a year, very fashion aware. She loves to watch, um, look over fashion magazines to decide what clothes she wants to buy. She likes to keep up with the latest fashions, and she does like to be unique. She sees herself as very optimistic. She says that she's very happy with her life as it is, and she's happy with her standard of living. Uh, They do like to uh, seek experiences, take some risks, do some things spontaneously. Um, and likes to enjoy indulge her kids, um, even with his little extras, even though it might be harder to do these days. At retail, she's shopping at Macy's, Haverty's, Nordstrom's, um, Victoria's Secret, The Gap. She's driving a Volkswagen, a Toyota, a Saturn, ironically. And um, the designers that she shops are Ann Taylor, Calvin Klein, Victoria's Secret, and Liz Claiborne. Now, how are you going to get in front of the Kate Spade shopper? Well, like I said, she is reading a lot of magazines. Parenting, Cosmo, Mary Claire, Glamour, Vanity Fair, and People are some of her favorites. And she's watching cable like E, Lifetime, Oxygen, HGTV, and Bravo. And she's online, of course, with MySpace, Amazon, eBay, Disney, iVillage, and Blockbuster. Well, my guest for this program certainly knows a lot about women and why she buys. In fact, that's part of the name of her brand-new book, Bridget Brennan, CEO of Female Factor, a Chicago-based marketing consultancy. And she is the author of Why She Buys, the new strategy for reaching the world's most powerful consumers. And that book hit store shelves in early July. Now, Bridget is an award-winning professional. She's been named U.S. PR Agency Practitioner of the Year by PR News and has been nominated for the same honor by PR Week. And she's worked with some of the world's top brands, such as Whirlpool, Johnson & Johnson, Colgate-Palmolive, United Airlines, just to name a few. So when we come back, we're going to be talking to Bridget about why she buys. So stick around. More purse strings when we return. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. First Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. 
Report. So you're telling me your affiliate program on the local Pages Affiliate Network is performing as well as your handicap? Absolutely. Thanks to their top-tier XML feed, I'm able to monetize all of my traffic. They handle all of my volume to anywhere in the world. Plus, I also get high cost per click and the most exclusive of advertisers to work with. You should join the club. Sounds good. I can't wait to join. But first, let's work on that T-Shot. Use the power of local pages with over 5 billion searches per month and the largest database of paid search listings. Let Local Pages Affiliate Network personalize your account and give you the search tools and solutions you need. Become a Local Pages Affiliate today with LocalPages.com. This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebAuthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR Web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to PRWebOffer.com for 25% off. PRWeb, the premier online release news and content distribution service. Did you know? 99designs is the leading marketplace for graphic design on the internet. Did you know? 99designs connects you to a community of over 35,000 designers who will compete to do the best work for you. Did you know? 99designs allows you to post projects for logo design, web page design, t-shirt design, and more. Did you know? 99designs projects need average of over 70 different design options for a price that you set. 99designs. When designers compete, you win. I hate throwing out these numbers, eh, because you're just, uh... Webcology. I think I just said A. Oh, so Canadian. Um. <laughs> Live broadcast Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. It's okay, they love it for it. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And welcome back to Her Strings. Joining me today is Bridget Brennan, CEO of Female Factor and the author of a brand new book out July 7th, Why She Buys, the new strategy for reaching the world's most powerful consumers. Bridget, welcome to the show. Thank you, Maria. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, I'm thrilled that you could be here. Gosh, you just have such a wealth of expertise, and so it's going to be an exciting next 20 minutes to be able to cover all of it. Uh, let's start at the very beginning, though, because um, you have your own company, Female Factor. What can you tell everybody about that? Oh, sure. Well, Female Factor is a marketing and sales consultancy, and we help our clients identify the aspects of their brand or their product or their sales environment that can be magnified to increase their appeal with women. Basically, we try to help increase their market share, market share with female consumers. Well, and you've done that incredibly uh, successfully over your career. I know before you founded Female Factory, you were actually in my profession, PR, so I felt uh, somewhat of a kindred uh, spirit with you <laughs> in that regard. 
Um, you know, some of the names that you represented are so huge. You know, I mentioned them a little bit earlier. Johnson & Johnson, United Airlines, Colgate, Palmolive. Um, in fact, when you were at Edelman Zeno Group, you actually founded their uh, speaking female group. So you know a, a lot about women. Um, you know, at the time you were with the Zeno Group, what did you tell clients at that time about marketing to women? I would have to imagine that between now and then some things have changed just a little bit. Well, you know, things have changed, but then in many ways, they have stayed the same since the beginning of time. And what I would <laughs> tell my clients and what I still tell clients and what I talk about in the book, Why She Buys, is that at the most fundamental level, women's brains are different from men's. And the differences impact the way women see the world and everything in it, including whatever it is you're selling. You know, women notice details that men don't, uh, especially when it comes to things like ambiance and how they are treated by salespeople. They also pay attention to the practical aspects of product design. You know, am I going to be able to find this cell phone at the bottom of my purse? Or is this high-definition TV so huge it will dominate the entire living room wall? So men and women can be looking at the same products but judging them by different criteria. So those well, are I know sort of I sure do when I, I go shopping, Bridget, and I'm sure you do too. <laughs> uh, yes, absolutely. Now, I know that you had been with uh, Zena Group for a while, and then you went and opened up Female Factor. What was the motivating factor to do that? I saw an opportunity in the market. You know, the, we all know from our personal lives how different men and women are. I mean, it's... It's what drives the plots of dramas and comedies the world over and always has. But it's a subject that still is glossed over in business. You know, when you think about gender as it relates to business and, and where we learn things, gender typically isn't taught or gender differences aren't taught in a formal way in um, business school programs and they're typically not taught formally on the job. At schools, if you run across the subject of gender, it's usually more like a women's studies course or a study in the political history of gender, not gender as it relates to business. And in a world where women drive the global economy and drive 80% of all consumer spending, it's an area where people still, where we all still have a lot to learn about how women see the world. And so many businesses depend on female consumers for their very survival. So I saw an opportunity in the marketplace because we're, we're all still learning about this subject, and a lot of the brain research that's come out in the last 20 years or so on the difference between male and female brains is relatively new because it's only relatively recently in medical science that women have been studied separately from men outside of the reproductive areas. So it's a, it's, to me, it's the oldest field, and yet... It's the most exciting new field because there are so many new discoveries being made about how different men and women are. Right. Well, and you're right. It is fundamental. The, the way the brain works is just absolutely at its core, the fundamental difference. And, and with your work um, with the Xena Group, your work there at Female Factor, you've taken kind of that collective insight 
And then you did some more research, I know, and you put all of that into this book, Why She Buys, the new strategy for reaching the world's most powerful consumers. And it does come out July 7th. I have to imagine you're pretty excited by that. Oh, I'm so excited. You know, uh, working on a book is a long time from start to finish, from the original idea to getting it uh, in print. It's been um, nearly three years, so it's very exciting, and um, it's fun to talk about because now I get to – I'm so passionate about the subject. I wanted to write a book on it, and now it's exciting for me to share this subject that I'm so passionate about with people and companies that I hope will really be able to benefit from the information. Mm-hmm. Well, and there, like you said, it is – uh, there's a lot of people out there that just don't quite understand the differences, and once they do, it could really mean the difference for their business. I know in the book you talk about the psychology of gender, and there are very, very specific differences between the sexes. You referred to a few of them just a moment ago, and now marketers clearly need to be paying attention to those differences. Um, you know, why do you think marketers aren't hip to the differences? Um, is it just something that maybe they need more clarity on or they felt like they could just rifle shot a marketing technique and it would have impact or they didn't want to turn off men? I mean, what do you think it is that that marketers have just taken this long time to coming around when it comes to marketing to women? Well, I think I think it's a few reasons. Um, one is, you know, stereotypes are slow to die, but this year... We've seen a lot of very exciting and savvy campaigns come out targeted to women. Uh, Office Max, for example, has done some great things in um, reconfiguring their products and their sales environment to be more appealing to women. Frito-Lay has come out with a terrific campaign and new packaging uh, that is just so on target that it's very exciting to see. But I, I think it goes back to the fact that a, what I mentioned a few minutes ago, there is, there are really very few forums in which we are formally taught about gender and how each gender is socialized. Um, in addition to our biological differences, we are all socialized very differently. And from a very early age, we're conscious of behaviors that are appropriate for our own specific sex. Um, and what it means to be a good little girl is different from what it means to be a good little boy. And most of these things we just pick up along the way. In fact, you know, um, I, th- I think of some really obvious ones. For instance, I went to high school in Texas, and it was very common for the boys in my Texas high school to chew tobacco and spit it out into old soda cans. And, um, of course, we girls knew that that was very inappropriate behavior for the girls and the young women, and we never did it. Um, and nobody ever had... To teach us that, we just knew. There are a million of these lessons we learn along the way that impact our expectations and desires for experiences with commercial enterprises. And there's still a gender gap in play. I mean, the the default setting for the corporate world is male. Men got to the corporate world first. Historically speaking, we women are still relatively new on the scene. And um, men are still in most of the positions of power in consumer products companies, uh, and women are their buyers, and sometimes things get lost in translation. And again, it just goes back to the fact that 
there is not enough formal training on gender psychology. And I think we're starting to see that change, especially with the recognition that women really are the sex driving the fortunes of so many businesses. Right, right. Well, and we, we've all heard about the problems of companies that maybe haven't thought it all the way through because maybe they weren't educated about um, these differences. And it's a company dominated by men who haven't received that for- formal training, and then they've gone out and they've tried to market to women, and they think, well, I'll just, you know, I'll just wrap it in pink, and women will buy it. It'll go, it'll be flying off the shelves. I mean, we've we've seen some examples of how that's gone horribly, horribly wrong. I mean, I know uh, Dell was probably one of the more recent examples with its, you know, its female friendly computer that just didn't go over very well. And I'm sure you've had to kind of talk some companies off the ledge of wanting just to wrap it in pink and throw it out in the marketplace. Well, it's true. And, you know, the interesting thing about it is it's not just men. It's women as well. Um, You know, we need the education, too, because a lot of times uh, we're just taught conventional wisdom, which is really rooted in male values in many cases. So I think it's something that both sexes have a a great need to learn. And up until this point, political correctness has stifled a lot of the discussion of this subject. Um, You know, women don't want to be viewed as less than equal at work just because they're different. So they can sometimes feel uncomfortable championing a female perspective. And men are conscious that they don't want to say the wrong thing or make the wrong assumption. Um, and this means that both men and women can be uncomfortable standing up for the female point of view. And since women are in fewer senior level positions than men, it means the feminine perspective is, is often missing, especially since there are very few women in fields like industrial design, um, in creative teams at ad agencies, in a product engineering. So sometimes the feminine point of view is just not represented strongly enough. And then in other cases, it goes back to a matter of education for both men and women. Well, and there's quite a few insights that you share in your book. And we're going to have to take a quick break, but when we come back, I would love for you to talk a little bit about the global perspective that you bring forward with this book, as well as something you call the divorce economy. So we're going to talk more about that when Bridget returns. Her strings is back in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Her strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Do you consider yourself a super affiliate? Then listen up. One of the most trusted names in affiliate marketing since 2003, XY7.com, has now launched XY7Elite.com, a private invitation-only affiliate program run by super affiliates for super affiliates. Enjoy private tested offers, weekly deposits right to your bank account or XY7 debit card, XY7 VIP concierge service, limousine transportation to and from major industry events, and the status of being one of the elite publishers. XY7 Elite is not for everyone as you need to be accepted and maintain volume requirements. Think you've got what it takes to be elite? Go to www.xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000. 702-216-4000. 
RevenueWire.com and its member merchant, LavaSoft, makers of the world-renowned Adaware, present the LavaSoft Affiliate Contest. The LavaSoft Affiliate Contest goes from May 15th through August 15th. Make great commission and win up to $64,000 in cash prizes. Look for all the details on the LavaSoft Affiliate Contest by logging on to RevenueWire.com and look for the LavaSoft logo on the homepage. Win big with LavaSoft and RevenueWire.com. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles. At hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With, with Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Available by pre-order on Amazon and also on shelves July 7th. The book's name is Why She Buys, The New Strategy for Reaching the World's Most Powerful Consumers. And, Bridget, we've been talking a lot about kind of the what's primarily the difference between men and women and how even though we all know we're different, for some reason marketers, probably because of training and uh, some uh, education, have not really embraced those differences and really parlayed them into highly successful marketing campaigns. Now, we know some companies have done that, and we talked a little bit about those. But one of the things that I found particularly interesting uh, about your book is you were talking in it about the divorce economy. And uh, once you explained it to me, I was like, well, that's brilliant. Why hadn't I thought about it that way? (laughs) So I I definitely want you to share a little bit about your insights into the divorce economy and how maybe um, it might end up being our saving grace, maybe, (laughs) maybe not. Well, Maria, you know, the divorce economy is something probably close to half of the listeners will be intimately familiar with. Um, (laughs) You know, well, we in the U.S. have managed to commercialize virtually every aspect of weddings, from engagement rings to bridal showers, bachelor parties, honeymoon travel packages. Business have have largely overlooked the flip side of the coin, In our country, uh, just under half of all marriages end in divorce, uh, though it's slightly less common among people with college educations. And yet, while we have an enormous wedding industry, it's very interesting to think that we have no divorce industry. When you get married, Mm. you're surrounded by so much hoopla and so many commercial offers. But when you get divorced, The silence is so deafening, you can hear the crickets chirp. Mm -hmm. Yet the opportunities for business to address this reality in a positive way, I think, are are pretty big. And there are a few reasons. Um, The fact is, divorce has a tremendous impact on the commercial economy, which begins with the simple fact that every time a couple gets divorced, there's at least one geographic move out of the household, if not two. So this has ramifications for spending. For instance, divorced parents of kids, school-age kids in particular, 
often require duplicates of everything from bedroom furniture to bicycles and allowances. Um, you because, and this is because children of divorce usually travel between two parental households, which means they need duplicates at each house of, of pretty much everything they have. And so what you have is not only um, duplicates of material possessions, but children of divorced parents often end up with two birthday parties every year, one thrown by each parent, uh, two Christmases or two Hanukkahs, and as I mentioned before, double the allowance. Um, and because there's always at least one person moving house, each geographic move triggers the inevitable need for new furniture, new housewares, replacing what's been lost. And I always think it's interesting that we have so many wedding registries, and I wonder if one day we might see divorce registries. You know, we'd probably call them something nicer than a divorce registry, like maybe a <laughs> fresh start registry. Uh, but something that could help people's friends and relatives buy them products that they really need to help them make, you know, a positive, fresh start. So mm-hmm. these are just a I think few it's... of the things um, that businesses, I don't believe, are paying attention to yet. And I think it's because, you know, it's an, it's an ugly subject. It's unpleasant. And even up until just a few decades ago, there was a tremendous moral and social stigma to divorce. But now that's gone away, and I think that there is an opportunity for business to address divorce in a positive and meaningful way. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that, Bridget. I, I am not divorced myself. I, I've been married for the same, to the same guy for 15 years, but I, I look around and, you know, it's what nearly, I think you said 50% of all marriages end in divorce. And, um, you know, I don't know why someone hasn't come up with a clever gift registry, as you say. I think they could make tons of money on it right. and you know for those women out there having to set up new households and new homes buy all this gear that um, before that maybe the man brought to the marriage it is such a huge opportunity for marketers and I I know here in the US we have a, a high rate of divorce I know across the world perhaps it's not as high and I and with this book I know you kind of took a global perspective can you talk a little bit about the commonalities that you found among women, a divorce probably not being one of them. I would <laughs> well, actually, uh, divorce rates are rising all over the world. Um, oh. But I, I did take a global perspective with this book. And, in fact, I, I did go to India and China and Europe uh, researching what's happening with women in those places and uh, with a, more of a specific focus on in India and China. And, because, you know, I get asked a lot, you, considering that women make up more than half the population, is it even possible to consider them a category, uh, especially when customer segmentation is getting more sophisticated by the day? And it's a valid question, and that is the reason that I wanted to take a global view, because I felt that women around the world are more similar than they are different, and and I have found that that is true from the research that I've conducted from this book. Um, even though we range from urban Latinas to small-town moms, and across the age spectrum from millennials to boomers and live in places as different as Muncie and Mumbai, women around the world are more similar than they are different. And there are a couple reasons for that. Women are united by their brain structures, their hormone levels, their biological role in birthing the human race, 
and all the different behavioral differences and psychological differences that come out of that role in our survival of the species. And we're united by our roles as caregivers, relationship builders, and keepers of the peace. And what I have found is that women around the world talk about the same topics the world over, their feelings, their work, their families, social issues, their latest shopping finds, their bodies, their plans for the weekend, and their hopes for the future. Women around the world really are more similar than they are different. Now, that doesn't mean that you should not acknowledge the important cultural differences every time you go into a new market, Uh, but biologically speaking, women are more similar than they are different. That's really interesting to me, especially as, you know, we hear more and more about um, oppression and other things that are going on in the world, just to know that our, at our core, we tend to care about the same things. Um, it's just really interesting to me. You're so um, right. You know, you know uh, human nature is universal. And the success of multinationals like P&G and MasterCard, which has run its priceless campaign in over a 100 countries. It is the most global advertising campaign. And while the campaign is altered to meet cultural norms wherever it's run, at its heart, it is essentially the same campaign run in every single country, uh, which just proves that, that human nature really is universal, male or female. Well, we're just about out of time, but before we go, I wanted to ask you, I mean, I'm sure you found so many interesting things out as you were doing research for this book, but was there one thing that really just knocked your socks off that you were just really shocked to find out about? Well, I, you know, I interviewed so many smart people who had so many great ideas, and it was uh it was a joy to, to talk to all these people. And what, one of the things I found, I found out is that often the simplest ideas are the best. If you don't over-engineer an idea and if you keep it very simple and true to human nature or women's nature, that is often the best route of all. And the other thing that I walked away feeling as I, I closed the book is that it is truly amazing that Gender is the most powerful determinant of how a person views the world. More powerful than age, more powerful than income, race, geography, all these different things that we uh, use as, as tools for demographics and research. Gender is so powerful because when we react to something, first and foremost, we are reacting as either a man or a woman. And um, just knowing that can impact how we create campaigns, sales training programs, retail environments, and and it can have such a positive impact on business and provide such a competitive advantage. Mm -hmm. Here, here. Well, thank you so much (laughs) for being on the show today. I wish you the best of luck with your book. Well, thank you so much, Maria. This has been uh, delightful, and uh, I I really appreciate your interest in the book and uh, the opportunity to be on the show. Oh, you bet. And for everybody out there, a reminder, you can get your own copy of the book, uh, Why She Buys, The New Strategy for Reaching the World's Most Powerful Consumers on Amazon.com. And then, of course, it will be out on store shelves July the 7th. And if you want to know more about Bridget and Female Factor, you want to go to the website, femalefactorcorp.com. 
And uh, thanks to George, my producer, for another great show. Join me here next week for another edition of Purse Strings. I'll be speaking to Aliza Kamahort, a COO of Blog Her, and she's going to be making her second appearance on the show. This time we're going to be talking about the big Blog Her conference coming up. That's next Tuesday, 3 o'clock Eastern. Until then, make it a great one. <laughs>